Bernie Radio, 103.9 FM, just after 9 o'clock. Good morning. Coming up at 9.30 is Building Texas with Justin McKenzie. But thank you for making your appointment to hear this inspiring show, God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. Discover a new perspective. God and Our Dogs. GodandOurDogs.com Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow. Spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories told on the show leave us with a deeper understanding of Christ's love for us, our value to Him, God's purpose for our lives, and belonging to His family. Our own dog stories even come to mind revealing aha moments, and help us see scripture in action with our dogs and God. Go to GodInOurDogs.com and sign up for insider news so you can catch all the updates. Click follow on the God and Our Dogs pages on social media. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site and on YouTube. We appreciate our business partners, including Sonora Bank, 101 Mobility, Robin Saunders Luxury Group, and Wagmore Pet Resort. Thanks to our hosts, Tusculum Brewing Company on Bernie's Historic Main Street, a great place to enjoy family food and Tusculum craft beer. Tusculum Brewing welcomes our dogs too. We have two guests today, Carol and Mike Schultz. Carol is the real estate broker owner of Hill Country Home and Land, along with her husband, Mike who is also a prior Bernie mayor. Carol would be introduced by her dogs as patient. His dogs would say, this is my friend Mike. Welcome Carol and Mike Schultz. Thanks for joining us on God and Our Dogs. Thanks Thank for you, having May. us. We're yeah. glad to be here. Oh, it's so exciting. And you both have had dogs your whole life. Mike, what kind of dogs did you grow up with? They were Labradors. They were Labradors from the beginning on the farm. When we were just little kids, Dad and I hunted our whole life with there in southern Minnesota with pheasants and ducks and geese. And I didn't even know that you had turkey for Thanksgiving until I went off to college to go to someone's house and they had turkey. We always had goose and ducks. Oh, so wow. That's always special. Knew that. They were always Labradors, always hunting. Uh-huh. That's yeah. cool. And how about you, Carol? What kind of dogs did you have? Mostly collies. My dad just had a great love for collies. And so we had, we had Lassie and we had Prince and, and we lived out on the farm too in mm-hmm. Illinois. And so that, it, mostly collies. Yeah. And so when you say collies, what type of collies were they? Were they border collies or the more traditional? I'm not even sure the name yeah, of that. Marie. I'm not either, but it's the one that you would, if you remember Timmy and Lassie on TV, it was that kind of collie. Oh, yes. My grandparents had that type of collie. They're yeah. really fun animals. So you must have had a lot of fun with Lassie. I had great fun with Lassie. and I have two sisters, and they were very gentle dogs, and we just had so much fun playing with them, and they were our constant companions. And 
always watching out for us. It was mm-hmm. fun. It mm-hmm. was great. What kind of ways did they watch out for you? I think they kept us out of danger. If we were doing something that we shouldn't be doing or maybe going out in a field where we shouldn't be, they would hurt us back, I think. And we played lots of games and things like that, and they were just always watching out for us. That's really cool. How long did you have Lassie? Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. I think we had Lassie, oh, maybe five or six years. And can I tell my Lassie story I would love for you to tell your Lassie story. We loved Lassie a lot. And at this point, we were living out in the country. We were close to a main road, and there was a restaurant beside us. Uh And that weekend or whatever, there was a carnival in town. And we noticed that there was all these trucks from the carnivals were at the restaurant. They were all eating before they left town. And the next morning when we got up, Lassie was gone. Oh, no. And we were devastated. We couldn't figure out what had happened unless we thought maybe they enticed Lassie with food or something and took her away. And lo and behold, yeah, she was gone for a long time. How did you process that as a kid? You must not have been real old. No, I was probably seven or eight. Uh And uh, we just, we had lost our best friend. We were devastated. Our parents tried to tell us that there were people that weren't always so nice in the world. We were naive and thought everyone was sweet and would never take your dog. But uh, we were devastated and sad for a long time. And we did not, you know, we didn't immediately go out and get another dog. We just, we grieved for Lassie. Uh But one morning, probably two to three months later, we woke up and our dad said, come look outside, girls. And there on the front porch was Lassie. Oh my goodness! Makes me sad to think about it and remember it. But and she was she was very thin. She was haggard, but we didn't know what kind of travels Lassie had to come back home. But she found us and came back home, and we were just ex- so ecstatic. We probably had her two or three years after that. But it reminds me of how we come back to God. We may not be taken away, but We may lose our way from time to time, and we always Uh come back to God, and he always greets us with open arms and forgives us for whatever we have done or wherever we have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an amazing picture to think of Lassie coming back thin and scraggly looking, and I wonder if God sees us that way. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh, That that would mean he probably sees me that way more often than any other way. Lost malnutrition, all of those things. Yeah, yeah. So what a wonderful picture that is. It really does remind you of the prodigal from the standpoint Mm -hmm. of, obviously, he wasn't stolen, but when he returned home, he wasn't in very good shape and didn't look great, but still his father welcomed him home. And had gone through a lot of of probably adventures and perils, and the prodigal had gone through a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's so true. Have you experienced any other kinds of stories with your dogs that are lost and found related? As you were just telling that story, Carol, I was reminded of when we moved to Colorado in 03. In 02, our daughter, Megan, had gone off to college, graduated, and she left us. uh, We were not empty nesters. She left us with four Labradors that (laughs) she had bought along the way. We had a black one, a brown one, and two yellow. Uh And it was the black one. The oldest one's name was Star. Okay. Bright Star of Kindle County was her legal name. Oh, how fun. And we lived up in the mountains in Colorado. 
surrounded by a forest, and one day, a star had wandered off. Couldn't find her, searched all over in the woods, whatever have you, and we thought, by now, certainly something has found because there's all kinds of wild animals up there. Mm. And I think it was two months later, we had gotten a call from a veterinarian down in Golden, Colorado, mm -hmm. who had found this black lamb and had a collar, and it had a reference to a veterinary here in Bernie, Texas. Oh, my. So they called here, finally determined that it was Star. Somebody contacted somebody that gave us gave them our number, and uh -huh. we got a call. Oh, wow. Now, that in itself is a story, but I'll tell you the other story uh, about that, Meg, was so we went down to Golden, and I remember walking in the back of this veterinary clinic and full of dogs, and when you go back into one of those, everybody's barking and mm -hmm. everybody's doing everything else. And I remember saying, Star turned her head immediately and started barking. Oh, wow. Just that voice. She knew your voice. Yeah. She knew, your knew the voice. voice. Maybe we need to bark a little bit more when we hear God's voice instead yes. of ignoring it and doing something else. Yeah. Is what came to mind when you were telling that story. Well, that reminds me of the scripture of Jesus says, my sheep, they know my voice. There have been so many times that Mike, of course you have a distinctive voice, but your animals and other people know your voice. Know my voice. Know your voice. And yeah, we, the responding to God's voice Gosh, we could say so much about that, couldn't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How have you experienced that in your life? Here's a little story that I haven't told uh, much, Meg. January the 13th of 1961, mm -hmm. my right side was paralyzed. Oh, wow. And that led to a series of different things. But where I wound up was over in Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh -huh. And I... Mom and Dad had to go back to the farm because nobody was there to take care of the farm. So I'm left in this strange place. Didn't know anybody. I was in the pediatrics ward at that point. Kids running up and down the hallway and everything else. But I remember in this room, if I laid on my right side, I could look out into the hallway and I could see these people go back and forth. It was my retirement or my entertainment, if mm -hmm. you will. Right. And nobody else was there. I was 90 miles away from home. Mm-hmm. But then I heard this voice. It said, Mike. And I turned on my left side, and there sat Jesus right there in that chair. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And reassured me who I belonged to and what I was to do, and I was not alone anymore. Oh, wow. Right there. I can remember that as if it happened yesterday. Very wow. distinct voice. Just said, turn over. And I did. There he was, and he looks just like the pictures in the Bible. That's how he looked. That's so amazing. Yeah. But what's really amazing is that you heard his voice and followed the instruction immediately. Immediately. If you hadn't, maybe you wouldn't have seen him. It was a familiar voice. I, uh -huh. I was pretty lonely. I, at that point, I was 13 years old. I was looking for anybody to talk to because right. nobody would come in the room except for maybe a nurse once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a long amazing. time ago. Thank you for sharing that because I, so many times people are encouraged by other people's stories. They don't, I've never had Jesus sitting in the chair next to my bed right and there. call me to turn over. Thank you for sharing that. You That's bet. really exciting. You bet. I know you've got so many more 
amazing stories. But before we hear more about those, I'd like to tell you and our listeners about our host, Tusculum Brewing. Tusculum Brewing's passion is filling the hearts and bellies of neighbors with great food and craft beer brewed on site. Visit soon to enjoy the indoor tap room, outdoor patio, brew house tap room, spacious beer garden, and live music. Tusculum has atmosphere, food, and drinks for all members of the family, including our kids and dogs. Visit Tusculum Brewing soon. Visit online at tusculum.beer. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscombe Law, The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning, Kendall County Abstract, and Tusculum Brewing. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, godandourdogs.com, including my blog and the sign-up for a weekly Thought to Ponder with stories based on my dogs on the Wanna Treat page. You can also listen to those Thoughts to Ponder Thursday mornings at 745 and 845 on Bernie Radio, 103.9 FM, or the Bernie Radio app. Check out the show webpage for our newsletter, updates, and resources. That's GodInOurDogs.com for lots of treats. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. This is Pastor Pete Johnson from Christ of the Hills Church, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. We are back on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Joining us today are Carol and Mike Schultz. Carol is the real estate broker owner of Hill Country Home and Land, along with her husband, Mike, who is also a prior Bernie mayor. Before the break, Carol and Mike told us about childhood dogs, especially Carol's dog, Lassie, who was stolen, and we also heard about some wonderful experiences of listening for God's voice. Mike and Carol, it's so great to have you with us today. Thanks so much. We're glad to be here. Thanks, Meg. You've had dogs your whole life, including dogs when you had kids. Why did you think it was important to have dogs in your family with children? Instead of just constantly saying do this do that sort of thing carol and i did a lot of discussion and since we had the dogs around and they were around when our kids were little we just thought that responsibility belonged to them so we took advantage of when one dog passed and we had another dog whose responsibility was that that Uh there, there was something to take care of to love to nourish to feed to make sure that they were always safe, whether that was in the backyard or in the house or at night when they would crawl up into bed with them. It was, it was, it was their responsibility. We helped, I think, n- nurture them that, that the dog belonged to them. But what came with that was responsibility of ownership. And the love that they gave to that dog, but then carrying that over to you, you have someone else there's others that you need to be concerned about, not just yourself. And you really need to make sure the first thing when they would get home from school, well, have you fed the dog and taken the dog and go out and play? And that it's someone other than you that is important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That probably opened a lot of discussion opportunities for not only their responsibilities, but other people's responsibilities to them and how they can live their life in a responsible way, in a caring, loving way as well. 
usually a topic around the dinner table, uh, which we, we don't have as many as we used to have. But back then, in the old days, they say, <laughs> we, it was, we always had dinner together. So there was always the discussion about what happened at school today. What was the funnest thing that happened? What was the thing that made you the happiest today? And, and then, has somebody fed the dog yet today? Has somebody taken that chipper outside today? Leave the house. Make sure you've got a leash because not everybody loves the dogs as much as you do. So mm-hmm. you make sure that was part of that responsibility as well. That's true. And you know what comes from that as well, I, from what you mentioned before the show, is the opportunity to talk about how God works into that equation as well, that God cares for them. You mentioned that message was also communicated you know, so exactly. that they could understand what that care really means. Yeah, I, who was feeding them, right? Our mm-hmm. kids, who was taking care of them, who was watching after them when they would go off to school or go out for the evening, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. You have dogs as empty nesters. and You have a dog and you've had other dogs. Tell us a little bit about Clyde and Buddy. I can tell you about Clyde, uh, that he truly was Mike's dog, that he loved Mike more than anything in the world. (laughs) But he was also my protector. When Mike wasn't around or when Mike was gone, uh, Clyde, as Buddy as later, was always at the door. He was protecting. He was always waiting for Mike to come home, but he was not, if Mike was gone on a trip or whatever, he was not sleeping in his bed back in my room. He was by the door, and he was a great protector. And I think that, and always watching out. And But he trusted both of us so much, and a very gentle dog. I think Clyde, Clyde loved to be with Mike more than anything, and Mike said the only thing he probably was not able to teach him was to have a cigar and a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but he would always be there right beside him. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Tell us a little bit about Buddy. After Clyde, we had Clyde for 11 years, mm-hmm. and then we had a little bit of a gap. I, I think it was, Meg, maybe, maybe about a six-month gap. I had our daughter, Megan, and she was a veterinarian, and I had lots of counsel that, Dad, Mom, you really need to get a dog before Clyde passes away. I didn't adhere to that advice very well. There was about a six-month gap, gap because I didn't... My thinking at the time was I didn't want Clyde to feel that he was somebody else other than your number one. Your uh, number one. Yes, I can understand and that. And so that was the rationale at the time. And then what we found, uh, Buddy, he was about a year and a half old. Uh, uh, they had uh, tried to make him a hunting dog, and Buddy didn't like the shotgun sound very well. We've heard about those. Uh, yep, yeah. and uh, he was put into then a kennel. And, and so when even today, when Buddy gets excited, he goes in a circle because that was the only world he knew for about a year and a half. Uh-huh. But boy, did he take just home life, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe he didn't like the, the sound of a shotgun shell, but he sure liked being in the house and, and with us. And uh, yeah. he took to that very well. And today, uh, Buddy is uh, nine and a half years old. He's almost 10 years old. But uh, Buddy just, he turned into a clone of Clyde. I mean, he just, 
won't leave my side. If if I go out in the shop, he's got to go out. As, although it might be a lot more comfortable in the house, he's going with me. Uh-huh. And he'll lay there and watch me do this, do that, whatever the case may be. But again, when I'm gone and I come home, guess who's at the door? Mm-hmm. Buddy is at the door. Now, Carol may be somewhere else in the house, but he's right. You, you can't open that door with Buddy laying there. It won't happen. Yeah. 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 You could go the other way around, too, that thinking that, okay, that Buddy is a clone of Clyde, but maybe it's the owner that has something <laughs> to do with that instead of the dog, per se. Although, though, Buddy is the first lab we've ever had that does not like water. Oh, wow. And most labs just yeah. jump jump right in the water. And, mm-hmm. and we have a little place in Lakey that we go to and... Clyde would always just, as soon as we would go down to the river, he would be right in the water. But the only reason Buddy will go in the water is if Mike will go in there and coax him to come in. He uh-huh. does not, he really does He's not. not like, a water dog. He's not a water dog. Yeah. So. Yeah. One of the things that really jumped off the page at me when I read the little worksheets that I give people before they come on the show. I, I make all my guests do homework. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. is how much time has played a role in developing relationships with your dogs? And I kind of wonder, you all have been married a long time, and I th- somehow I think time together has really factored into developing good relationships. So what can we learn about how you developed relationships with your dogs and how that impacts maybe developing relationships with other people and with God? I do think time is a factor, but again, time and quality time and devoted time. You could, you can now, there's times when you're just together in a room and sitting and being together, and that's fine, too. But then time and going and doing things with one another and going on trips and vacations. And we always included our dogs with that as we included each other. And I think that that builds trust and love and devotion. And I think that's the way God, the more we give of ourselves to God and to listening to what he's doing, the more he... He gives to us. I think also, Meg, it is consistency in how we relate to people, to our dogs, or to someone else. And it's not one day I've got a cold shoulder and the next day I've got a warm shoulder or I've Mm -hmm. got more time. It's like when when Buddy's there, sometimes I just go by and I scratch his head. There's sometimes that I kneel down, though, and I take his face in my hands and I scratch behind his ears and talk to him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I've got to be reminded to do that on a consistent basis because I want Buddy to know that I love him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the same way is sometimes I'm on a rush going out of the house and I lean over and I give Carol a, a peck on the cheek. But there's also sometimes that we just absolutely cherish, like in the morning, with a cup of coffee, and this time of the year, a little fire in the fireplace, Mm -hmm. to just sit there and look at each other and to talk through different issues or things that are going on, sharing something in your life that's happening or feeling that you've got right now. Mm -hmm. And it's that consistency and that devotion, I think, to, to one another. And then beyond that, that, I think, is practice for how we're going to relate to somebody else mm-hmm. and how true. we relate to God. Yeah. And 
don't you think that God wants us to relate to him the way his word talks about? It doesn't have to be necessarily what we think God is because of our relationship with people or dogs. Sometimes that can be a little bit off, but God's really consistent. You brought up consistency, and his word is very clear about love and the value, and it goes on and on. No matter how angry I may be about something or disturbed about something or concerned about something, uh, when I do choose to turn to him for a little bit of advice, it's always the same. Mm -hmm. Always the same. Very calm. Very inviting. Mm-hmm. Just sit down and chat with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can picture the picture of God as that dog, or that's waiting for us at the door. That God is always there, waiting for us to come to Him to return. And we, so many times, we take Him for granted and don't think about that. But that seeing the the way that Clyde and Buddy are just always there, waiting for Mike to come and be with him. God is there waiting for us always. Yeah, that's so good. Let's end on that note. And before we finish up today, I'd love, Carol, for you to tell us a little bit about Bernie Performing Arts, because talking about quality time, you've spent a lot of quality time. So tell us about that and why we should be spending quality time with Bernie Performing Arts, too. I will tell you a little bit about that. In my former life, my first career was as a musician and as a music educator. And when I had the opportunity to become involved with Bernie Performing Arts in this town, I did. And the main reason, the reason that we have Bernie Performing Arts is for our kids, that we are trying to develop them as future artists, but also as future audiences. And we have a series of international artists that come, and we have a great partnership with uh, BISD and Youth Champion Auditorium. And we have a season of usually three artists, or sometimes four, but each of those artists that perform in the evening for our public do a 45 to 50 minute concert for the BIS Day students during the day, and it's free for all the kids. And we target usually those elementary grade levels because they're going to be the ones to become involved in band and things like that and choir and orchestra. And that's a big passion of mine. And, and I think it's we have grown. We've been here over 12 years, and we've seen our fine arts grow within our schools, grown when we first moved here, all they had was the marching band. And Mm -hmm. now it's a huge part of the fine arts. It's a huge part of the BISD. I encourage people to support that by buying tickets to our shows. And we are in the middle of the season right now. We usually do a January, February, March, April timeframe. And so we have two more shows coming up. So go to BerniePerformingArts.com and see, you can see there the artists that are there, their little clips, and tells you how to buy tickets and come and support us. And you're supporting kids as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And so I hope people take advantage of that. Mike and Carol Schultz, gosh, how fast time goes. We're so glad to have had you join us on God and Our Dogs. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Meg. Well, really be- enjoyed it. Great. Before we leave, I have a very brief 
thought to ponder. And yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. How is your dog relying on you today? Maybe God wants you to rely on him the same way. We appreciate our business partners, including River Road Pharmacy, PPO Health Insurance, Zibolo Creek Vet Hospital, and Roberts High Tech Home Inspection. This is Meg Greer, and you've been listening to God and Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show again on our website or subscribe on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media pages. Sign up for insider news on the God and Our Dogs website. Subscribing and following help the show spread the word about discovering a new perspective to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio.